So I want to speak into this moment. I don't want to delay what God is doing, but I want to talk to you for a minute about the season that I feel like God has brought us into. And this is not a sermon so much as it is a prophetic word from the Lord this morning. Amen. And I feel like it's going into that. Come on, you guys. I don't know if we caught it on film, but I promise you, many of you saw Crystal standing over there writing or saw her come and approach me there. Literally, as she wrote, prayer is our war cry. No, but three seconds later, as she finished the why. She didn't just bring it over and hand it to me to read. She brought it over and wrote it. No sooner, three seconds later, did Emily speak it. Yeah, what a timing that God is doing. And that's important for what we're going to talk about today. And I felt like that was important that it was you that wrote that for today because I feel like God wants me to address the elephant in the room. God wants me to address what is happening in the world. Look, can I just caveat what I'm about to say with this? If you've been with me for very long or followed my ministry for a long time, you know the last thing I do is talk about earthly matters very much. I certainly don't talk about political matters. I, I just don't. I am not uh, political. Uh, you know, I have my own values. I have my own belief systems. But if you come to this church, I don't care what color you are. I don't care what color po po politically you are. I don't care what your background is. I don't care about any of that stuff. You're welcome in the house of the Lord. Amen? Because we are all one kingdom. We, we, we're not blue, we're not red, that's not who the kingdom of God is. Now, you might have a political leaning towards one party or another. You might have a, a choice there with what you line up with, but you are welcome in the house of God. I might completely disagree with you, but I love you, and you're allowed to disagree with me, amen? So very rarely do I talk about political things or get involved in that. But when we have a crisis on our hand like what we're seeing and the Lord has spoke to me about the heavenly things that are coming, it's important that we stop for a minute and discuss it and talk about that. And so I'm going to try my best not to get into the political sphere of it uh, on that side, but I want to talk about what God has revealed to me. So as I was praying uh, and thinking about this final conclusion to the sermon series that we've been in of building and battling and talking to God about that, um, I felt like it was important for me to focus on the stones, that God wanted me to highlight the stones that, the, that Nehemiah was tasked with rebuilding the walls with, that many of the stones as Sanballat uh, mocked him saying, how will you rebuild these walls with these burnt stones? And we've talked about the burnt stones, but I don't feel like we've gathered all of the information that God wants to give us on these burnt stones. And I want to say this to you that as I was reading the word of God, I was moved at what God was saying to me about the stones of our life and, and what they mean to us. So many times we're looking at the stones as building blocks, but in the word of God, God was very clear when he said that Jesus himself was the chief cornerstone. Now, in, in, many of you don't understand building an architectural structure, but the cornerstone was very important because the cornerstone had to be perfectly plumb level. If a cornerstone is off, then every stone you stack. Now, if a cornerstone is off by a quarter of an inch, then as you build the wall, the further you get down, the more the, 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 the unlevel becomes. And so you say, oh, it's only a quarter of an inch, so the whole wall will be a quarter of an inch. But when you move a span of, of this entire building right here, you're talking about the difference between two feet and zero feet. 
the building begins to lean. So a quarter inch can cause the entire thing to topple over. Anybody seen the Tower of Pisa? Right? Some of the youth are like, pizza, right? Tower of Pizza. No, that's a different thing. We talked about that last week. So the cornerstone must be level. It is the foundation. It is the thing that everything else levels against. It's the thing that cannot be out of balance in any way, shape, or form. That Jesus is just not the first stone, but he is what we measure our life with. He is, the cornerstone is a stone of justice. It's the measuring rod. It's the thing that keeps us in foundation. The foundation is important, but the cornerstone's level is what sets the building. And so he's called the cornerstone. And when we read this in 1 Peter chapter 2, 4 through 9, it says this. Coming to him as a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious. You also as living stones, say living stones, are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Christ Jesus. Therefore, is it also contained in the scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he who believes on him will by no means be put to shame. Therefore, to those who believe, he is precious. But to those who are disobedient, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone, and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. So not only is he the chief cornerstone, he is the level, he is the measuring rod that we level everything against. We build nothing without the cornerstone. Everything we build will fall to ruin and will be in vain if we don't have the cornerstone in the center, in the edge. They stumble being disobedient to the word to which they also were appointed. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who is called out of darkness into his marvelous light. We are called to be living stones, not just simply stones. Jesus was not just simply the cornerstone. His words are not just words on a page that are good moral foundations. See, the world would say Jesus was a good moral teacher and his teachings are good moral foundations. But God himself said, no, I'm a living stone. The word itself is the living word. It is not dead, but it is active and still moving. Amen. Amen. And it's necessary that we become living stones. What does that mean? Oh, some of us have some burnt edges. Some of us are a little warped. Some of us got some broken pieces. But God has not called us a still dead stone, but he's called us a living stone. See, if we're just a stone, then when we break, we're broken. That's it. A stone can't regrow itself, but something alive can. We are not stuck. We are not defeated. We are not pressed down. We are broken but we have to understand what this living stone what it means to be a living stone and one of the best examples we can get for that is when Jesus is interacting with Peter and Jesus is standing there and, and says to Peter Peter who do they say that I am who do you say that I am and Peter responds to him and says 
Well, you're the Christ. You're the Son of God. You are the Messiah, the Son of God. And Jesus says something interesting to him. He says to him, he says, Peter, this revelation didn't come to you by yourself. Let me give you the REN translation of this. This didn't come to you by yourself. You didn't get it from your wisdom. You didn't get it from your deep studious studies. You didn't get it from all of your great revelation. You didn't get it from your PhD. You got it out of heaven. The only way you could have got this revelation is what Jesus says, if the Father himself gave it to you. And he says, I call you Peter. I call you Petros. That's the Greek word there, Petros. I call you Peter, Petros, but on this rock will I build my church. I want to explain this to you. I call you Petros, but on this Petra, I will build my church. The Greek word there is different. I call you Peter, but on this rock, I will build my church. And people say, well, he's building the church on Peter, except he uses two different terms. He uses two different Greek words for this rock. And Peter or Petros means small stone, a small stone. But Petra, the feminine version of that, actually means a large stone, okay? Uh, a permanent structure, one, one like they were standing on, a protruding large mass stone that is attached and unmovable. See, they have another term for stone in the Greek that is a large stone that maybe could be movable. So there's a movable stone, there's the large stone, and there's the small stone. And God says to him, I call you a small stone, but on this large stone, I will build my church. So what is the large stone? The revelation of Jesus, not just Jesus. I want you to catch this, not just Jesus. Oh, it's all built on Jesus. Jesus is the cornerstone. Yes. But there's something deeper that God is saying that takes us from the realm of just stone into living stone. And this will set up what God is putting on my heart for this season and this hour that's actually happening on the earth is that we are called to be living stones. Jesus wasn't just saying upon, because he would have just said, upon me shall I build my church. He was definitely talking about him. But he was talking about something even deeper, not just Jesus, but the revelation of Jesus. And what I mean by that is the ability for us as believers to receive the revelation of who Jesus is by supernatural divine revelation. Not just that someone can read you an old book and convince you that Jesus is the Messiah. He understood, and Paul understood this concept. When he said, I don't come to you with articulate words, but in power. Because if I come to you with articulate words, somebody can come with articulate words and unconvince you. So he understood that the convincing, that the revelation, that the truth was, is that he wasn't building his church just on him. He was building it on the divine revelation of him. On the ability of us to hear from heaven divinely and to know that Jesus is Jesus. You know what? You know what you can't do, Mr. Atheist, if you're watching right now? Okay, if you're an unbeliever in the room, there's something you cannot do. You cannot articulate an argument against me to take my faith from me. There is literally nothing you could say to remove my faith from me. You know why? Because I have a divine revelation that you don't. You have an intellect. I have an intellect and a divine revelation. 
I have an intellect and I have experience with heaven. I have an intellect and I've seen the angels. I have an intellect and I've seen miracles. I'm intellectual, but I've seen legs grow out. I'm intellectual, but I've seen tumors shrink. I'm intellectual, but I've known mysteries about people that I could not possibly know. How am I supposed to know some of the things that I know? Who told me that a woman in Texas was about to open a restaurant? Who told me that someone was about to birth a business? Who told me when someone's birth month was? Who told me the businessman I spoke over and said, you have two daughters and one son? Who told me that? Who gave me that revelation? See, I didn't just know that because I had checked their Facebook page. Because I had done my homework on that. If I had walked into a business meeting, prepared, knowing the company's background. Young ones, if you're going to interview, before you go in for the interview, it's good to look up the information on that company. So you walk in and go, man, I know everything about your company. I'm so excited to come help build your company. You guys are the leader in this industry. You're number five in this category. And I want to see it go to number one. Oh, that man, I tell you what, your interview will go really well if you know things about that company. You did not get those things from divine revelation. You looked them up. They came from your intellect. It just means you did your homework. But when you walk in there and you give it out of divine revelation, there is something that happened. That person, when you know everything about them, there is a shift from, huh, you've done your homework, I'm impressed, to there is a holy God. Same information, depending on where you got that information from. See, Peter didn't get it from man, he got it from heaven. And that is the revelation that God is saying in this state, you, we cannot afford to be dead stones. We must be living stones that hear from heaven. As it is in heaven, so it shall be in earth. How in the world are we supposed to bring heaven to earth when we can't hear from heaven? When we don't know what heaven is speaking. And so maybe you're in the place where you're not quite, uh, you might be living stone, but you're not awake stone, right? You're sleepy Sunday stone, right? You're, you're, you're maybe a little in a coma stone. You're alive. You've been brought alive by the power of Christ, but you don't quite hear so good. Maybe you're man watching sports stone. I don't know, but you don't hear so good. But God wants us to step into this concept of being a living stone. And, and we can be Peter. We can be the small stone. But we have to have the revelation if we're ever going to level up into a large stone. If we're ever going to become the larger picture, then Peter had to understand that, hey, I'm a small stone. I am, I am made in the image of God. I am created in his image. But there's a larger revelation for me to grab hold of. And see, what happens is, is when you have this revelation, the word of God was clear. Not only will it aid you in building my church, but it will be a stumbling block to others. It says it will be a stone of offense, of offense, but that word offense is actually a stumbling stone. It meant like a stone that came up out of the ground when you were walking on a path and you would trip because you hit a large stone that protruded from the ground. It was not a loose stone. It was attached to the ground and it was meant to trip you up. The power of God will trip up the world system when God, when Jesus is allowed to permeate into the world system. When we release the power of God into a world system, it won't just set free the captives, it will trip up those that would oppress the captives. 
that every totalitarian dictator in the world must stumble when Jesus shows up on the scene. And the plans of the enemy must come to nothing and they must stumble and fall when the cornerstone shows up to build. We are building the church. Make no qualms about it. For the last four weeks, I have told you that we are in the season of Nehemiah. We are in the season to build and to... Maybe you weren't listening for the last four weeks. We are in the season to build and the season to... There we go. A quiet church is a dead church, and I'm in a church full of living stones. So don't be quiet. Somebody needs to recognize that what I've been saying about the Nehemiah season is upon us. We are building in a season of battle. I have said this whole time, there would be battle. There would be warfare. And I said that in a time of peace, and now war is upon the world. I want, you to, I want to make this very clear. That I have said that we are in a season where God is beginning to release us into government authority and government mantles. Maybe you've heard me. I don't talk very much from the pulpit about the 444 mantle, a governmental mantle. But I've been talking about that for a year now. About this governmental mantle where we're beginning to take back the culture and take back governmental places. I've talked about that for a year. And all of a sudden, God gives me this revelation about Nehemiah and the season of Nehemiah. And that we are going in to rebuild God's holy city. We are becoming the children of God, building back the church and taking back ground and that there are going to be resistance in that. There are going to be battles that are to be had in that season, that 444, which represents a governmental mantle. Do you know something? As I was reading, I don't get caught in the numbers very much, so, but, to, but this one got me. Do you want to know what year it was when Nehemiah went back into Jerusalem? Anybody want to take a guess? 444 BC. It was 444 BC. I had no clue when I started this series. See, God hides things from my eyes many times. Why? So that when he comes to me and I'm like, Lord, he's like, I told you what you had was from heaven. And upon that Petra, I shall build my church. We have to be a church that is built. We're not building a church based on advertising techniques. We're not building a church based on demographics or location. We're building a church on the revelation of who Jesus is in our lives. We are building a church on the fact that he is a living stone that speaks and moves and heals and touches. That when people walk through this door, they go, finally, there's an answer. I'm not just reading about a dead God in some ancient history, but this God is alive. It's that revelation that will build this church. It's the revelation of what God is placing inside me and the other leaders and you that is going to build Oklahoma City into a people that follow after God that will allow us to send and train and equip all over the world. Look, I, I've seen a lot of stuff in the news. Can I just say this? I know Ukrainian missionaries. And they're over there right now. Guess what? Yeah, the media lies. Anybody surprised? Anybody surprised? But I can tell you this right now. The Ukrainian missionaries, there's warfare. I've heard a lot of people try to make all kinds of claims. I'm just telling you right now, I trust those Ukrainian missionaries. I trust the Russian friends. And, and none of them are happy right now. And all of them say it's bad. And I haven't heard from any of them saying, don't trust the media, it's not so bad. Not one have I heard come out and say that. 
So there's real warfare happening. And don't listen to anybody that tells you not to listen to that. If somebody has prophesied differently and tells you not to listen, that there's really nothing going on, they're not listening. They missed it. And that's okay, but don't listen to that. Don't take that in. We're all allowed to miss it. I want you to understand that we're all allowed to miss it. But in this day and season, we can't afford to just simply turn a blind eye or, or to not listen to what heaven is saying. And so it's okay to miss it. It's not okay not to say it. It's not okay to hold back in the word of God that he has for you in this season of what you feel is happening. And I want to tell you that God is speaking very clearly. So I had a vision, living stone. Because I'm a living stone like he is, therefore I am surely alive. That means I'm connected to heaven and what comes out of me should be heaven and not earth. And I don't get into the political system much, but when I see uh, heaven's plans and strategies and they overlay with what's happening in the political system, in the governmental system, then it becomes important for me to speak on it in that capacity. So in that capacity, I speak today on the authority that God, what has, God has revealed and shown to me. And, and like I've said many times, not for one minute have I ever called myself a prophet, nor do I allow any of you to call me a prophet. I don't call myself that. I don't believe I hold the office of a prophet. But I do prophesy. And I do see things. I don't always understand completely everything I see. And so what I see, I always reveal to you what I see. So that when the interpretation comes, we know fully what's seen. We prophesy in part and we see in part. And so I try my best to tell you what I've seen and do my best to interpret what I've seen. My interpretation is not always dead on, okay? Uh, so sometimes you have to take the vision and if I miss the interpretation, I always say, oh, I got that a little backwards. I got that a little wrong. I didn't know it meant that. And that's okay. So I'll tell you what I saw. I saw a room and I did a live on this, but I saw a room and in it were Chinese generals three of them amongst others that were highlighted to me and the president of China. And I saw them all standing around talking about Taiwan and what their intentions were to do with Taiwan. And I saw the first general, a larger man. And he said that while the world was distracted with Russia and Ukraine, we should advance into Taiwan and take it by force. And I saw hovering over him the spirit of a world war. And I knew that if this actually came to pass, that this would ignite a world war. So I'm being very clear on that, that the intention was a world war. Will there be one? I'm not saying there is. I'm saying that is the enemy's intention. So I saw another general and he says, no, we should wait to see how the world reacts to Russia and Ukraine to decide what we want to do about Taiwan. We should wait. And over him, I saw the spirit of war strategy drawing this out and, 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 and and, and taking a longer time, there would not be a world war, but there would be constantly an assault. And I saw a third general pipe up and say, I don't think we should do this. I, I just don't think this is going to end well for us if we do. We don't need that region, although we want it. And I saw the spirit of wisdom sitting on there. Do you know that God even offers the enemy his presence to make the right choice? That he always offers that. And this one general had the spirit of wisdom hovering above him to give him insight. And so I know what God's wisdom is in the matter. It's that they do nothing. That they let it go. It doesn't mean that's going to be the choice. But then afterwards, I saw some other things. The Lord showed me a name and a region and, and showed me a defunct providence. 
to show me that, that China was wanted back providences that were now no longer theirs like Taiwan. So he showed me a name that I had no clue in order to see that what I was saying was accurate. See, God will show you things that don't make any sense to you to prove out his word, amen? So that I know it's not my own revelation or my own wisdom that it's come by because I didn't know those things. I could have studied those things and known them by studying. But I purposely avoid some of that so that my prophetic word can be pure. I don't speak Mandarin. I had no clue. So what's interesting about that is, is then the Lord showed me a vision of uh, uh, what I thought was ships going across because it was going across the sea from China over to Taiwan. And I saw them go into Taiwan space and turn around and go the other way. All I saw was just metal, like a metal circle, like you would see kind of on a radar blip, right, go across. So I had an aerial view and I saw them all go this way and then turn around and go back. And so my interpretation of that was, is they would advance that way, but turn around and nothing would come of it. That's my interpretation of it. But then I was sent an article that showed me that while I was prophesying that, that China actually sent over aircraft, not ships, but aircraft, and they flew into Taiwan airspace, and then they were intercepted by Taiwan fighters, and they returned home. No escalation, no conflict. They just simply went that way, turned around and went home. And I went to the Lord and I said, Lord, I don't know. I thought that might be the, the conclusion. They will advance, but nothing will come of it. Maybe that was just the start of it. So I'm telling you what I saw. It doesn't mean that I have the right interpretation. Amen? Is that okay? We may find out in the next coming weeks that it means something slightly different. I'm telling you what I saw. I'm giving you the best interpretation I can with the information I have now. But as information comes out, we may change what that means. I'm telling you what I saw. So I'm hopeful that it will come to no end, but I can tell you this, there is a spirit of world war that we need to contend against as the body of Christ. Amen. And I'm telling you that this is in there. I've seen it, and I'm going to tell you a vision that confirms it. First, I want to tell you this. Did you know that Russia has recently just said that there will be military consequences for Finland and Sweden if they join NATO. This is what Russia has said. Russia's, Russia's objective is not just to recapture Ukraine. They want it all back. They're on a dominant spree. That's what's happening right now. There is a spirit of world war that is going forward. And it looks like a spirit of conquest, but I'm telling you that spirit, the power, and the principality behind this is one that wants to bring a world war. I'm not saying this to scare you. I'm not saying this to scare you. I'm telling you the reality of what's happening in the heavenlies right now. As it is in heaven, so it shall be in earth. But I've seen God's will for right now. And the spirit of wisdom is, do, is they should not do anything. So that tells me that God is giving them a warning that this will come to no good for them. So I believe the interpretation is that the end result of this will be victory for heaven not for the enemy. But it does not mean there is not warfare coming. There's not a clash of that. But I want you to understand this, that, that this was set in motion a long time ago. There is a spirit of world war. And there are small things that have set this in motion a long time ago. One of those was our current administration taking us off of uh, 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 energy independence. When we started a year and a half ago, we were completely energy independent. 
And we ended that. I, look, I'm not getting political. I'm just telling you the facts. And I would say this about either party. I believe that we should move to greener things. I think we should use green energy. I'm a fan of green energy. We are all children of God. We should take care of this earth that God gave us and steward it well. Amen? Amen. I am totally a fan of stewarding everything exceptionally well. I am not on the same side politically. But when we stopped being energy independent, the one we became dependent on was Russia again. We started importing oil again from Russia. And what we've done is we signaled to Russia that they are too important to come against because we have given them leverage over the world. I promise you this would not have happened if they had no leverage of energy uh, of our dependence or the rest of the world or Europe's dependence on oil. It's given them the one piece of leverage they need to advance in this strategy. That was the moment that the enemy said, we have the final piece, we can move forward. And so we have to begin to war against an enemy who thinks he has the leverage over the body of Christ. We cannot allow him to have leverage. Please, whatever side of the politics you are on, you are allowed to be on that, but I'm telling you right now that gave him leverage. On purpose or not on purpose. So we, we see the strategy and plan of the enemy coming into fruition right now in this moment. And I see what's happening in the advancement of what's happening. And I want to tell you another vision that happened. I, I was praying and I said, Lord, why, did all, why have several of the prophetic voices in our nation have words about China and Taiwan like I did, but nobody really was speaking about Ukraine or Russia. Like there was very few voices talking about Ukraine or Russia. Where, 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 where was the miss on that stuff? What happened there? The only voice that I know of that really said anything, there's probably several that said it right. The only voice that I know of said anything missed it. And I'm like, Lord, where was that? And the Lord spoke to me and said, they didn't all miss it. I gave it to one. Says, somebody in your church. And I said, what are you talking about? He goes, wasn't there somebody that told you they had a dream about a bear? And I said, well, yeah. And he goes, what does the bear represent? I went, oh, Russia. And I said, who was it that had that dream? And the Lord said, Crystal. See, on, on Monday, Crystal had a dream. We had a conversation about it on Tuesday. I want to share with you that dream because I think that it, it will give you some divine revelation and some peace that God knows what's about to happen. The, the details of this, I'm telling you right now that the prophetic movement that's happening in our church isn't just from me, but it's coming from you. I'm not the only stone called to be alive. I'm trying to bring you to life. And so the word is not just coming from the senior power, the great man of God up on the pulpit today. But it's coming from the women of God too, amen? We need to release some women to prophesy again in the church. So tired of hearing that women can't prophesy. Let me take you through all the prophets in the Bible. Good grief. Well, they can prophesy. They can tell you the mysteries of heaven, but don't let them teach you nothing about nothing. Ridiculous. So Crystal, <laughs> Crystal tells me the dream and the Lord brings this to my mind. So I called her early this morning. I said, Crystal, you had a dream about a bear. I believe that your dream was more than just about your local family. See, the Lord has put a word on Crystal's heart about that she's supposed to begin to move towards uh, 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 politics, that she's actually supposed to run for local politics, that she's supposed to be involved in a government, right? I'm not running for nothing, but I want people in my church to take back that. Okay, I'm not, that's not me. 
I'm going to talk about heaven, but I want to see some godly men and women running some things in our city again. I want to see that happen. So I'm like, okay. So she thinks this dream is all about her family. We made a nice joke about it on Tuesday. We talked about the dream. So I called her and I said, hey, the Lord just spoke to me and told me your dream has to do with what happened in Russia. What's happening with Russia, excuse me. And she goes, no, it was, it was about Rose. It was, it was about my kids. And I'm like, no. I, no, the Lord showed me a bear because I'm a mama bear. I'm being a mama bear. And, uh, and I said, no, I, I don't think so. I think it has to do with what's happening in Russia. Tell me the details of your dream. And so she tells me this. She says, I saw a bear and he was walking north on MacArthur Boulevard. And I said, so he was walking north on a road named after a World War II general. Do you see the spirit of the world war at play in this dream? It's Russia walking in a, uh, down a street named after a World War II general that they fought in. Heading to the... Don't get ahead of me, lady. This is why Paul... This is why Paul... This is the example of... You guys, women are allowed to teach, but Paul was like, hey, be quiet. Let the pastor finish first. That's literally what Paul was trying to say. I'm so, thank you for helping me interpret that scripture better. <laughs> She's just too excited. I know what you're going to say. Not everyone does. Okay. <laughs> See, I grew up in synagogue, okay? I grew up, I'm, I'm a Jew, and I grew up in synagogue, and women sat on one side, and men sat on the other, and the women would yell across to their husbands and ask them questions, or try to talk, or the women would start talking amongst themselves. That's what Paul was addressing, okay? That's what he was talking about, right there. Anyways. So, this bear was headed north on MacArthur, the general of World War. I had had a vision about a general wanting World War. And what was interesting about that is I said to Crystal, I said, War, where was he on MacArthur? It's significant and important. And she said to me, he was crossing over 23rd. He had gone past 23rd to the north. And I said, Crystal, do you realize what that means? And she said, huh? <laughs> Right? And I said, oh, man, you have prophesied accurately, but you have not yet learned to interpret. And that's okay. Amen? Amen? And I said, the Lord did not give you the interpretation because you're not ready to all of a sudden be a famous prophetic voice yet. That's too much pressure. You need to learn and grow in your interpretation. So the Lord spared you from this being some kind of launching platform when you weren't ready. Okay? Some of us want to go up too quick and we are not ready. So she crossed across North 23rd Street, across to the north. What's the next street after 23rd? Anyone know? The next one street, 24. It's simple math. This is how Jesus knew that Peter had a revelation from heaven. He's just a fisherman with no education. 24 comes after 23, y'all. Not, I didn't say major. Okay, all right, all right. I, I am sorry. Let me backtrack a little bit. I did not say the next major intersection. Simply after 23 comes 24. All right, let me back up here, 
So she saw the bear moving past 23rd Street to the north, meaning past, just crossing over 23rd, which would indicate to me 24, until it comes to another street, which it had not. So 24, Russia and Ukraine began their conflict on the 24th. And she goes, oh my gosh, I thought this was something for my family. I said, it was not something for your family. The Lord is confirming his word that you are to have a governmental mantle on your shoulders. So you are seeing things for the government. That that is what you are. We need some leaders who don't see things through their political ideology, but see them through the lens of heaven. That's what we need. That's what we need. So you thought I was going to be political, but I am not. We need some people who see through the lens of heaven. What was interesting about the bear is that the bear was just walking down the street and it did not care. It was nonchalant. It was chilled out. It didn't care that it was in the way or disrupting the flow. See, because one lane was moving just fine, but it was blocking the flow of traffic in the other lane. The one thing that this has happened to Ukraine is that it's beginning to block the flow around the globe. This has had a global impact on stock markets, on the flow of oil, energy prices. Our gas pump just got more expensive because of this thing. I'm telling you that this has been a hindrance and a blockade against even us. It's affecting even us. But God showed that to Crystal Monday night in a dream that she shared with me on Tuesday. I'm telling you this because it's really easy for someone to say after the fact, you know, I had a dream last week. Really? Really? Who'd you tell? Well, no one. Oh, okay. You're just one of those. I heard it too. There's always one of those. But Crystal shared this dream with me on Tuesday, two days before this happened. And she still didn't even know what it was about. Can we say amen to that? Amen. Can we recognize the holiness of what God is doing in the season that he's revealing mysteries even to a church in Oklahoma? That he's telling us what's happening. Why? Because we're a church that will war. We're a church that will pray about it. We're a church that will press into it. We're a church that's not just going to sit by and let the enemy take territory. We're a church with a vision bigger than just our local community. We're a vision that wants to impact our local community so we can impact the world. And we're a vision that's going to stand up for what God is doing in the earth and declare it like it is. And let me tell you this. God does not reveal his mysteries to those not capable of dealing with them. Clearly, God thinks us equipped that we might be able to handle it. That we might be able to do something about it. That we might be able to raise up some warfare. That we might be able to pray and raise a war cry. And that God is doing something in the earth right now. So as nations have rejected him, he has become the cornerstone. That even in rejection, even those people who have rejected him, he still remains the cornerstone. See, that's the thing. It does not matter if the builders reject, he stays the cornerstone. It doesn't say, though the builders rejected him, he wants to be the cornerstone, but because they said no, he can't. He is the measuring rod whether you accept it or not. Because he's the living stone. And every nation will be measured against him. Us and them. Those that follow him and those that do not. Because he is the living stone. And when you are in his presence, he will use you to build his people. 
He will use you to build his kingdom. Or you will be used to stumble. It either is a building stone or a stumbling stone, the same Jesus. The same revelation. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to be on the wrong side of that living stone. I want him to use me to build his kingdom. I don't want it to stumble me. But I promise you, you're either for him or against him. In this season, he's going to cause some nations to stumble. Why would you do that, Lord? So that his love and his mercy and his light can go out into the world. The end of my revelation about China that the Lord had showed me was I saw flickering lights. I saw the nation as a whole, the map, and I saw light, 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 light. And I saw all these lights turn on, candle lights turned on. And the Lord said, I'm going to begin to grow my church and I'm going to create a way. Not that I'm going to make Christianity legal in China, but they're going to have a small door. I saw them bend over and go under a door. And so the Lord said, I'm making a path for them to go under so they can get in and infiltrate. And my word is going to spread through China faster than it ever has. It's one of the fastest growing churches in the world, but it's about to accelerate. And we say that and we celebrate that, but the sad reality is, is a godless nation like China, the gospel spreads faster than a god nation like America. We get so caught up with the things of this earth. Can I just finish with this? Because I've just spent some time talking about things I rarely talk about, getting into a political conversation for at least a moment of it. We get so caught up with the things of this world that we forget that we're all kingdom citizens. We forget that as it is in heaven, so it shall be on earth. That if we believe that, then our job is to simply look to heaven and say, Lord, what are you doing in heaven so that I can bring it to earth? We need to bring heaven to earth. We need to release heaven to earth. We need to carry the revelation of who Jesus is and not just in talk or deed, but in power. Love looks like something, guys. Father, thank you for your word this morning. Thank you that we are called to be living stones, that we are called to war, that we are called to battle. Can I have the worship team come when they're, when they're able? That we are called to warfare. That I've said for a long time, I wrote this song, Shake the Earth, for one reason and one reason alone. Because I felt that there was a shaking coming to the earth. Ladies and gentlemen, it's here. It's here. This has not been something that everyone said, oh yeah, that's definitely going to happen at some point. This caught the world off guard. And that's what happens. There's a shaking happening. Look, I'm a Jew. I'm a Hebrew. I'm troubled when I see a nation bringing uh, portable crematoriums into warfare so they can burn bodies. I'm troubled when I see the same signs that started a world war and ended with my ancestors dying. And I wonder if now the church would see the writing on the wall, recognize where we're at and begin to war and pray like maybe they did it back then and take it serious and not just say, oof, that's too bad. Pray for Ukraine. Pray for the Russian people. 
But no, this is a shaking that's going to happen across the nations. This is a shaking that's happening that's affecting all of us. It is not, we are not insulated from this. And I believe that Crystal's vision gives us that reality that we are not insulated from this. That bear was walking down MacArthur in here. We are not exempt from this. This is not something happening all the way around the world, but it's something that we need to join together with the children of God, with the kingdom of heaven in war against. Amen? And pray for the shalom of God. Pray for the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. Let me make this clear. Shalom is not the same as our American word for peace. Our English word for peace does not mean what shalom means. Shalom means the, authority, the, the power to break the authority of chaos. The power to break the authority attached to chaos. That's the definition of shalom. It is a weapon of warfare that we wield. It does not make sense. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding. Shalom is a revelation of heaven. That is a weapon of warfare. Our prayer, our praise, our worship are weapons of warfare. Where we decree and believe and see the enemy bound. If you want to understand that, that when we pray, we loose angels. And this morning, we need to loose angels. We want to pray for you. Send us a message with your prayer requests through Facebook or email and let us know how we can pray for you today. Also, let us know how this message impacted your life. I love you. God loves you. Shalom.